super excited to have um, guests here from the Gender Equity Center. My name is Sharon. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, and I'm going to kick it over to Elle. What's up, y'all? My name is Elle, or Elle. I use they, them, their pronouns, and I'm a cultural programmer here at Mosaic. All right. And then I'm going to have um, Kristen introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm on day three of my period. <laughs> I free bled for the first time this week. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm an event coordinator intern at the Gender Equity Center. And I'll pass it on to my supervisor. All right. So hi, everyone. My name is Jenny. I go by she, they, and I'm the educational programmer for the Gender Equity Center. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, so we're having a very timely conversation um, because I don't know if you all know out there listening, but recently um, a documentary on Netflix won a Oscar. Um, so period, the end of a sentence is a documentary that I highly recommend um, about menstruation and culture and the politics of menstruation and periods. Um, so we're going to really engage in a conversation today about menstruation, culture, and politics. Um, and this is also in part of Women's Her Story Month that the Gender Equity is putting on. And Kristen is actually doing a menstruation week. Um, and so I'm going to kick it over to Kristen again to share what that week looks like. Thanks, Sharon. Um, so it's a little bittersweet. This is my final program with the Gender Equity Center, um, but it's going to be a really awesome week. Um, so we're going to start it off on Tuesday, March 12th, which it, whoa, excuse me, with a lunch and learn on the medicalization of women's bodies. Um, and that's going to be a discussion led by Dr. Ta Tanya Bakru, which is one of my favorite women's studies professor I've had here at San Jose State. Um, she's going to be talking about how the female body is treated within the institution of medicine. It's going to be a really interesting uh, discussion. Then this podcast will be released on Wednesday as part of my menstruation week. So thank you, Mosaic, for having us. And then finally on Thursday, it'll be a revamped version of a program I've done in the past on reusable menstrual products. So I'll be talking about reusable products and stigma and, um, yeah, resources. Cool. Um, so thank you so much. Um, so we're just going to dive right into it now. Um, I'm going to ask the first question, which is, what are some early messages that you all got around your period um, and, and around periods in general? Um, yeah. Kristen? So... I didn't really have much of a memorable experience with my family. Um, I feel like we didn't really talk about it too much. Um, I was raised by a single dad, though, so it was kind of awkward. Um, but really what I think about is my experiences at school um, and it being a very hush-hush ordeal and, you know, not something I really wanted to talk about. Um, but I did remember this one time in middle school, and it was um, 
this girl that was really, really popular, she walked into class in the middle of lecture and was like, I just got my period. Does somebody have a tampon? And I remember being so shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl like just said that? Like, is this, like, is, is what's going to happen? Um, and it was funny because all of the women in the room like whipped out a tampon. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And from that moment on, like, I kind of questioned like why I felt ashamed about it or weird mm-hmm. about it. But I think that still continued throughout my life. And it's still something that, I have to think about, especially, like, bleeding through your clothes in public and people acting like it's disgusting, Mm. right? Even Mm. though you don't really have control over it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to be raised with, like, three very strong and empowering women. My mama, my auntie, and my sister. And them all being raised by my grandmother who was very reserved about the topic and hush hush not wanting to answer questions just you know walking on eggshells around the topic um like the three women who raised me they made it an effort to shift the conversation into a more positive light so always making sure that i knew that i could go to them whenever i had questions and you know, just creating that positive culture and then me trying to destigmatize it towards my brothers once I was old enough to understand the stigma that came with it. And also with my friends, like being the one to start those conversations at lunchtime. And if someone was like, oh, I'm on my period, I'm feeling crusty. Unpacking, <laughs> <laughs> Unpacking that and really trying to see like, do you really feel crusty, or are people around you telling you to feel crusty? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so for context, for me, I grew up with five older sisters, so I was just surrounded by a lot of women, uh, a lot of estrogen. Um, <laughs> but surprisingly, I didn't receive any education about it. So for me, like my first memory of a period at all was when I first experienced my period and I remember just like in I was shook I thought I was <laughs> dying thought it was the end of the world and I just sat there thinking this is it it's happening and just like yelling down the hallway for my mom and just like my mom my sisters everybody rushing in like what happened what's going on and me just like crying like this is it you all like this is my goodbyes it's gonna be in the restroom um it's happening and everyone's just like oh you're just having a period it's fine it's normal here's a pad here's how to use it and like move on it was just like a moment of like that's it it was it's a it's a thing that happens no one talks about it here's a pad, okay, bye. And that was kind of it. And so for me, a lot of the messaging around it was around fear, Mm. um, was around being misinformed and just not educated at all about it Um, and not knowing why. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. why did it happen to our bodies? Mm. Why is it necessary? And so that was where it kind of started for me. But um, during that time, you know, just going through school and, like, other friends going through puberty and, like, that happening and, like, that whole thing of, like, let's not call it a period, but everyone knew that people were having their period. And so creating code words with friends, like, hey, I'm on my rag today. 
And so everyone would be like, oh, that means butt check, y'all. So basically when someone's like, I'm on my period, it means AKA butt check. That means make sure, check me after class if I'm bleeding. Because there's a lot of stigma around like, oh, at first I don't want people to know I'm on my period. Two, it would be so embarrassing if I bled through. And so um, there was other code words for when people didn't have their pads or their tampons. Um, going over to friends and just whispering, hey, do you have reinforcements? And, like, that's a code word for, like, yo, do you have a, a spare pad or tampon that I can have? And at the same time, just kind of, like, creating that community of folks around you who, like, understood what you were going through, that you were going through some changes, but no one would ever hesitate to, like, offer up their own supplies. Hmm. There were even friends who would just carry it just in case my friends needed it. Um... And so it was just so interesting because no one ever called it what it was. We all knew what it was. And so, again, instilling a lot of stigma around it as well. Because no one really called it, hey, I'm on my period. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm bleeding. And that was okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for sharing. For for me, um, I, remember, I remember fifth grade, first day of spring break I got my period I woke up had no clue what was happening I had to like chase down my mom as she was leaving for work and she was like oh, I don't have time for this um but then she like threw a couple of like pads at me and was like hey this is how like just you you put this on your underwear and you'll be fine um but not really again like getting like a talk like here's what you use here you go um and I like didn't know I had no clue what periods were you know I didn't know how to use the products around it um and like I messed up I put the sticky side up and it was not good um you know so I think like for me the early messages were really not talking about it but also not really having information on like how to use products or what your body was going through or what that even meant and so yeah, I kind of wanted to, um, you know, what what else? What else is what else are we thinking? What else, you know, kind of mm -hmm. came up um, around periods? So, a question I've been considering lately is how can safety play a role in in holding conversations around menstruation, specifically physical safety or public safety? As Kristen mentioned earlier, um, you know, the free bleeding movement. And the conversations I've had with other trans masculine folks around, you know, having passing privilege, but then because of your T levels dropping, um, spotting, and potentially getting a period in a public setting and what that means. And I think both Kristen and Jenny mentioned about uh, women who bleed through their products in public settings and the stigma around it, around it and what that means for them. Yeah, I think um, the products is really interesting. Um, it's even, I, I called my grandma the other day and unexpectedly she just started talking about her first experience with her period. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is just in time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm all ears. Um, and she was telling me that um, the first time she got her period, she was 10, which is really young. Mm -hmm. um, but she said she went to her mom and was like, um, I'm bleeding. Like, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, you're dirty. Take a bath. And so every time she got her period, she would just make her take a bath 
and didn't tell her about products. And she said after about like the fourth day of it going on, she finally gave me a product, but didn't tell me anything about it. And she was telling me it's really interesting because all of the women before her, you know, like Kotex and tampons and all these things haven't been around forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's, it's a very new thing. And for a lot of folks, it was how they got their education on their period was from the box Mm. of their menstrual products. Right. Because it's really stigmatized. Um, but it's really interesting because now products have become this privileged item, you know, because not everyone has access to products. Mm. And also they tend to be expensive, right? Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's that really sucks. I mean, thankfully, I haven't had that experience where I haven't had access to that. And it wasn't really until recently that... I understood that, right? And I see that a lot at school because we offer free products. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, for some people, that's how they get the majority of their products is from school. But the folks who aren't in school, how does that work? Yeah. You know, and even having the preferred products that you want, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you use tampons... I mean, when I did, I would prefer the the silky plastic ones because it was smooth and it would go in. But then the cardboard ones, like, yeah, I don't even want to go there. But, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's really interesting. You know, and not to mention, like, how these products are processed and how Mm. they have bleach and all of these horrible things. And it's something we don't talk about. And I wonder why, you know, like, the health of our bodies isn't put on the forefront of the making of this. Yeah, um, so thank you for bringing that up. I think, you know, as college students, how do you want to shift the conversation around menstruation? Um, And, you know, what should we be focusing here on here on campus? A really interesting thing is um, last semester I had a group of students who are part of this club called the Period Club. Um, And one of their mission is to make uh, menstrual products more accessible for students. And one of the, the key points that they brought up when we met was why are we so ready to give students access to sexual barriers like condoms um, and not give menstrual products for free the same way? Mm. And that's an interesting thought. You know, we're, we're so ready to talk about, right now, you know, we're ready to talk about sexual health, but we're still not ready to talk about uh, menstrual health. And it's such a big public health issue and definitely a social justice issue as well. Um, And like Kristen mentioned, people aren't able to access products and like preferred products as well. And so, um, you know, there's this huge, in the last few weeks, we're talking a lot more about this huge um, homeless population here on campus. Yeah. And so how are people able to access that? One, because we only have a fraction of students coming into the Gender Equity Center accessing them. Otherwise, it's not free elsewhere on campus, anywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, I understand that people are going into restrooms and, like, makeshifting their own products out of paper, towels, um, toilet paper, um, clothes, um, breaking down tampons, and uh, I'm sorry, breaking down pads to makeshift their own version of a tampon because tampons are more expensive than pads. And mm-hmm. so where do we start this conversation? How do we have it and make sure that more people are involved and hear it? Are there any other issues or um, things as, as, you know, people who are on a college campus want to talk about? <laughs> um, 
I mean, I agree with that. I think it's really, we'd have to come together and really have to make a movement, right, in order to get these things more accessible. And I've met with the period club, and they have some really plausible ideas, which Mm. I think is amazing. And the fact that this movement is global, Mm -hmm. too, Mm -hmm. is so cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really tough because, you know, even we were talking about it, like, how do you know who to talk to, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. to get this? I mean, why are they so expensive in the bookstore like how come you can only have access to like those monster pads that feel like a diaper (laughs) who wants that I don't know maybe someone does I'm not trying to shame you for your product but I don't know it's um I I really like to see them more accessible or free Mm -hmm. that would be really great and I think outside of school too yeah definitely because half the time, if you go into the restroom and they have those dispensaries, like, 25 cents for your napkin. Yeah, um, why are they called napkins, anyway? Right? <laughs> um, it's empty, like, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do? I mean, I've been there where I've had to make, like, a makeshift pad after out of a wad of toilet paper, and uh-huh. it's uncomfortable, and it doesn't work, and I don't know. What do you think? Well, right quick, in Spanish, we say towel. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. and I would always be so confused. Like, why are people offering me a towel? <laughs> <laughs> or when people call it a diaper, or like what? Yeah. Um, I think YouTube has been a very good mm. resource. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned about um, like Thinks underwear and unbleached tampons and the menstruation cup. Yeah, the moon cup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and listening to all these uh, folks' stories, but where there's a disconnect is, I don't know how to hold those conversations with other, Mm. like, fellow bleeders. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know how we would start that conversation. Um, Yeah, I don't know how we would start it. Yeah, I think, you know... Uh, leading off of that, um, when you're saying, where do we start with this conversation? Young and, you know, in school, you mm-hmm. know, where we can have access to, to education. Um, and I'm thinking, so I, I used to work with Planned Parenthood and we used to do um, pu- puberty ed for fifth graders in the local elementary schools. And when we start to have that conversation early on, we start erasing some of the stigma. Mm-hmm. We start informing people. We start empowering folks, bleeders and non-bleeders, so that folks can feel like, okay, so if there's, I don't know what a period is and I don't have it, but I have a friend that's going through it, how do I support them? Mm-hmm. And how do I and not call them out or be respectful if I see a pad or tampon in their backpack at school? Mm-hmm. So having those conversations a lot earlier on um, and it would be great if it came from family as well mm-hmm. at a young age. <clears throat> um, what I remember a lot of is when we went in to teach, the students that had these conversations before with their family, before we came in to teach, I can spot them mm-hmm. right away. They are the most comfortable, they are the most confident and outspoken students in that classroom because they're ready to raise their hand. They don't shy away and giggle. And, you know, when we instill that confidence early on, it's great. 
mm-hmm. because they <clears throat> are able to embrace that and then, you know, be able to support their fellow classmates. And when we start doing that, we'll see more of it. So I really believe in education at an early age. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's a, a really good point. Like, we need to have more of a community approach in the way that we talk about menstruation and periods <clears throat> and, like, that time of the month, right? Um, or whatever you want to call it. But I also think that it's really important for um, cisgender men to be part of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because oftentimes family planning or, um, you know, accessibility does come down to who's making the policies and who's making the laws, right? Like, mm-hmm. who represents us and... Um, we need to have, like, people in power to also get more lessons on health, right? Like, there's just a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions are, like that are just floating around in society right now. And um, sometimes I wonder if we're taking a step back <laughs> around how we talk about bodies and, you know, bleeding. And, um, you know, I, I wonder about you know, this culture of thinking that it's unnatural or that it's unnecessary. Um, Mm. And, you know, I think it does show up then in, like, little, like, micro ways around Mm -hmm. the way that we talk about it, the way that we, um, you know, put our capital towards it. Um, Mm. And, yeah, these lessons just... I don't feel like they benefit anyone right now um, because I think we've all kind of shared that, you know, there's a culture of, like, fear or um, an issue of safety. Um, So, yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to touch base again with Jenny's point. So I actually got my period summer after the fourth grade. Mm. And to my knowledge, I was the only one in my grade. But then halfway through fifth grade... It was, like, after, like, a passing period, lunch, something. Um, We were already five minutes into class, and a student came in. And she goes, she's standing at the door. Like, she's pulling her shirt down, and she goes, Mr., I forgot the teacher's name, can I go to the office to call my mom? And I knew. So, (laughs) like, at the end of that week, I approached her during recess, and I was like, hey, like, did you get your period? Because I have mine, too. And she, I could see her, like, slowly, um, like, get more comfortable with talking about it. And, like, it was nice to have a friend. So I guess the question I want to ask is how, in your time with Planned Parenthood, how did you see that? And how, as Sharon mentioned, how do we get uh, cis men into the conversation in terms of, like, how we teach the material? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um So part of what we did for the education was when we were invited to a school, um, the best best way to go about it is doing it in a co-ed setting Mm -hmm. where everybody in the space is getting access to the same information. So from the get-go, we're already not saying this is information just for the girls in the room mm. or just for this group, right? Where we don't want to silo anyone out. And especially for the trans student in that space who's already who's trying to figure things out and already when we're trying to separate them by genders, then somebody might not have access to the information they really need for their bodies. And so when we create when we create it in a space where everyone 
um, it's a co-ed space. Everyone has access to the same information. Then we're not saying this is a secret for just one person. This is for everyone. Mm. And I remember really fun because the, the, the boys in the room or the people that may not end up bleeding or having a period, um, going, oh my gosh, so that's the thing that's been in the restroom? My mom has that. Wait, also my grandma has that. <laughs> I think they use it. I've seen it in my mom's purse. What is it? How does it happen? What do they do? And so kind of, they're, they're curious, mm-hmm. right? And so when we, we entertain that curiosity with like accurate you know, information and education, then everybody gets to, to feel like empowered by that. Mm-hmm. And so we start to normalize, yeah, this is something that our families might have. And um, I talk about not calling people out in the space. And so um, planning it where it's like, hey, if you see someone have a tampon or pad in their backpack, don't call them out. Mm. Um, And creating code words for people. For the students that are a little bit more shy, I ask them, can you ask your male teachers for help? Mm. And I remember some of the students going, ew, no, why would I ask them? I'm like, well, because all of the teachers had to go through um, puberty, like they all went through puberty. They all had this education, <laughs> so they all know about it. But if you don't feel comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. telling them that you're on your period, maybe you can create a really cool, safe word with them. So you can say, "It is the time of month with lots of glitter," or you can call it "unicorn" or however you <laughs> want it to say, like "teacher unicorn," and that's like a code word. <laughs> like, I need to speak to this other teacher. I need to talk to a nurse. Um, so creating that atmosphere is so important. And like you said, starting young where everybody gets that ed- access to the same education is great. Um, and then empower young men to and young boys and to be part of that conversation. It's great mm-hmm. and important. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of tricked uh, my younger cousins into a conversation <laughs> of products. Um, what, what do you mean by tricked? So... <laughs> It was a complete accident. I was at my auntie's house, and at that time, I was using tampons, and there were these bright packages, like purples, greens, blues, and I, so, I took out the tampon, and to the oldest of the three, they're all younger than me, I was like, hey, do you want candy? Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought it would be a funny joke, and he's like, yeah, sure. He grabbed it, and he's like, what's this? And then his so cousin, right away, he was like, this is not candy. Yeah, and his, <laughs> his younger twin brother is running into the room like, we heard candy. <laughs> and then being, oh no, this is happening. And it was an interesting conversation. That's all I'll say. All right. <laughs> the menstrual trick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, to kind of bring this together... Um, I guess, what is kind of, you know, a word of advice for folks in your life or people who may be listening to this podcast that you all want to kind of impart um, around periods, around, you know, menstruation or health or safety, um, the things that we kind of talked about. Um, so, yeah, what's some something that you all want to kind of, words of wisdom? I would say to educate yourself first, Mm. right? Um, I also have a younger sister. Um, She's 17, and so um, because our mom's not in our lives, I feel like I really 
push to like educate her and give her resources. So I send her links all the time from like Scarletine. I'm like, read this girl. It's so good. (laughs) She's like, God, Chris. (laughs) Um, I really think it's about educating and also, um, like we've all kind of mentioned is there's this unspoken like solidarity, I think, Mm -hmm. between menstruators. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time what people need is you to just break that just a little bit and be like how are you doing or how is that working for you or something and if you just let them know that you're standing with them and not against them Mm. and you open that space for them to talk about how they're feeling about that maybe they have questions Mm -hmm. they need something Mm -hmm. um I think those are my two big pieces of advice cool I would definitely piggyback off the education piece for sure um but I really, it really resonates with me about the that Netflix um, documentary mm-hmm. um, period end of a sentence. Um, and I remember when they won their Oscar, and they said a period should be the end of a sentence, not the end of a girl's education. And that really speaks to me because yes, it it's a natural thing that happens. Let's let's get over it. It's a mm-hmm. you know it happens. Mm-hmm. It, it's good. Let's you know <clears throat> deal with it. But like it shouldn't be something that stops people from doing other things in their lives, mm-hmm. right? It's it's normal, and it's okay. So um, I want the students to know, want students here listening to know that we offer free menstrual products at the Gender Equity Center, and if someone who's listening feels like, I need to have access, know that you have access, mm-hmm. you have resources here on campus to support you, and that once that's taken care of, then you can take care of your education. You can mm-hmm. go on doing the, the other bigger things you need to do in life. And don't let that stop you. Yeah. Um, one thing that was very, that played a very big role in how I viewed menstruation, given like a new identity, was this Bay Area artist named Fari, who creates art around period positivity within the trans community. And they reminded me that it's important to take these conversations, like take it one conversation at a time, but it's important to actually have those conversations and to engage in it and to stay curious and feel okay with asking Hmm. those questions. Um, For me, I feel like really building awareness or a sense of, you know, what's going on with my counterparts. Um, I had a partner who, um, you know, I would just constantly complain about, like, my jeans not being big enough uh, to hold, like, products or, like, I don't want to carry a purse, right? I don't, like, I can't, I need to carry things, but I don't have the space or the accessibility to carry it. So he would carry it for me. Um, So, you know, it's, you know, for for the cis men out there, if you are able to, uh, you know, really check in with your partners or with, like, your friends um, Mm -hmm. who may be, you know, bleeders, um, check in and be like, oh, we're going to a concert and you don't have pockets or, you know, we're going out for whatever, like a, a, a hiking trip, right? Like, do you want me to carry that in my backpack or whatever? Like, be mindful, like, check in with your friends um, and not just, like, your partners, right? Like, check in with your friends. Like, let's create this culture um, where we're really open and honest, right? Because the system right now is built to not 
support everybody in it, but let's take like little steps to make sure that we just support each other. So yeah, um, thank you so much for everyone listening. Uh, we really, really appreciate you all. I want to thank the um, the wonderful folks at the Gender Equity Center for holding down March with Women's History Month. They have been having amazing programs. Um, check out Kristen's Menstruation Week, um, and all the details can be found on their website and um, their social media. Um, a lot of it is gender e- uh, SJSU Gender Equity Center, I believe. SJSU Gen Ec. It's G E N E C. There you go. There you go. And then um, keep following Mosaic because we're really excited to keep um, providing these different alternative spaces for you all. Thank you so much. Listen, listen carefully. carefully.